0: even though we knew that we might have to work longer and we might have to do with less in retirement because we made that choice. We made that choice knowing from an investment standpoint, it was really stupid, but we did it anyway.
1: Hello, fellow risk takers, and welcome to my worst investment ever. Stories of loss to keep you winning. In our community, we know that to win in investing, you must take risk, but to win big, You've got to reduce it. Today's episode is sponsored by the How to Start Building Your Wealth, Investing in the Stock Market Online Course, the complete proven step-by-step course to guide you from novice to confident investor. Podcast listeners can claim your amazing 35% discount by going to myworstinvestmentever.com deals. My name is Andrew Stotts from A. Stotts Investment Research, and I'm here with featured guest Robert Seawright, Bob Tell us. Are you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock, Andrew. All right, let's go. So let me tell the audience a bit about you. Robert is the Chief Investment and Information Officer for Madison Avenue Securities, an investment advisory firm and broker dealer headquartered in San Diego, California. Bob's blog, Above the Market, has received best of recognition from a wide variety of sources, including the Wall Street Journal and the CFA Institute. Hmm, that's a credible source. And is the number seven rated advisor blog in the country, meaning the US, which means, you know, pretty much in the world, based upon readership linkage and influence. And lastly, don't miss out on the better letter newsletter that Bob writes about markets and life. And that comes out every Friday morning. You can get in touch with him at his Twitter handle, which is at right S-E-A-W-R-I-G-H-T. Bob, take a minute and fill in any further tidbits about your life.
0: That's more than enough. I'm sure your listeners don't want to hear any more about me. They'd rather hear about how I screwed up.
1: Exactly. So now it's time to share your worst investment ever. And since no one ever goes into their worst investment thinking it will be, tell us a bit about the circumstances leading up to it, and then tell us your story. Well,
0: I'm old enough that I have multiple bad investments and it depends whether it's my worst or not depends on what standard I'm applying. By typical investment standards, my worst investment ever was was when I was starting out in this business. And I know from listening to your podcast that lots of people's worst investment stories happen when they're getting started in the business. And in my case, it was listening too carefully to Peter Lynch. He was running Magellan Fund then, and he always famously said, invest what you know. Well, I was working in, on the fixed income trading floor for a big Wall Street investment house. We were trading bonds all day, every day. And so what I knew was bonds. And so I allocated way too heavily to bonds for my age and my risk tolerance and as a consequence i did i did fine with my bond investments i did fine with my stock investments but i had way too much allocated to bonds because i it was what i knew it was it was kind of a classic home country bias in a different setting and i had to do without some returns i should have had early in my life when With compounding, they could have done a lot more good. Another bad investment I made was buying a house at the wrong time. But it turned out great because I was really lucky. And that's a great reminder that, A, randomness is always more important than we think it is and always a bigger deal than we think it is. And number two, because number one is true, a lot of the time it's better to be lucky than good. And the third category of bad investments were bad investments that I made knowing they were bad investments, but I did them anyway to serve other values. An example is paying for my kids educations. Lots of people will tell you financial planning types will tell you and there makes perfect sense to say so. you know be careful paying for your kids' college at the expense of your retirement. but I I had not been able to go to college where I wanted because my parents didn't have the money. And so it was a very important value for me to to provide that for my kids, even though I knew that would mean uh, and my wife did this with me, even though we knew that we might have to work longer and we might have to do with less in retirement because we made that choice. We made that choice knowing from an investment standpoint it was really stupid, but we did it anyway.
1: Yeah, and I was just thinking that, you know, you never know. Your kids could turn good and take care of you in your old age. Look at me. I was an awful kid, and now I take care of my mom.
0: (laughs) We have been very fortunate to this point. One of our three graduated on time, the other two graduated early, and none of the three came back home or went back on the payroll after they graduated. So it worked out pretty well in that respect, but it still cost us a lot of money. Of course.
1: All right. So what lessons did you learn from this?
0: Well, I I mentioned the, uh, the randomness point when I talked about buying the house, when I, when we should have rented longer and we should have invested in stocks with the different, with the added money but I learned a lot about randomness and, and what that means mm. uh, in terms of that too heavily invest, being too heavily invested in bonds. I learned about home country bias and in a different context and how good advice, wrongly applied, isn't any better than bad advice. And the thing I learned with the intentional bad investments was that to be sure to understand what your purposes are what you're trying to accomplish and every investment even the best investment in the world has has cons as well as pros and you need to recognize what you're after what you're doing and what your purpose is and so when inevitably a con period shows up Mm
1: you're ready to handle it and able to handle it. Got it. I'm just curious, before we continue, I would love it if you could just expound upon this idea of randomness because there's people listening to the podcast that have never really thought that much about the role that randomness plays. And maybe you could just give us a little bit more information about, from your experience, what is the role of randomness, particularly in investing?
0: Randomness is always or almost always more important than we think it is. If you think about, about your biggest successes, they all happened with lots of randomness involved. They almost always happened because you worked hard and you made good decisions and it worked out. But there's also a lot of randomness. You know, a a line I, I tell people all the time is Steve Jobs would have had a had a very different life if he'd been born in bangladesh and he didn't do anything to be born in california Mm. in the twentieth century or i sometimes say i could have been born in north korea i could have been born in the ninth century i could have had a terrible debilitating illness i could have been even stupider than i am and i didn't earn any of those things those were all fortuitous if you're religious it's grace if you are not religious or even religious there's luck involved randomness and it always helps to remember that there's a lot of randomness in it were we're all self-serving to the core <laughs> so when an investment works out we want to say boy i was smart i made a good call i'm great and pat ourselves on the back and when Something turns out poorly in investing or in life, we want to say, man, it was just bad luck. Bad luck. Timing was off. I was right, but early. You know, nobody could have anticipated that. You know, you know the list. You've yeah. been around the block once or twice. But we're all that way. Mm. And at least in my case, it always helps to remember that when things turn out right, there's always luck involved.
1: Yeah. Okay. Fantastic. Part of the reason why I ask is when I was like a 24 year old guy, I found myself in a four day seminar with a teacher who was a, you know, real, real expert in randomness, a guy named Dr. W. Edwards Deming. And he was, you know, an amazing man. I have, I went back and studied with him again. I've got two signed books of him and a picture of myself with him when I was 25, you know, 23 years old And I really learned so much about randomness that it changed the whole trajectory of my life. And it even made me question things that I would have never have questioned. Like, you know, performance appraisals. You know, he said, don't even do them. There's so much variability in that, that it's not worth doing. And I was thinking, what? The whole world is based upon, you know, your KPIs and your performance appraisals. And he basically convinced me at a young age that this was you know, just, we tend to reward and punish random outcomes. And so it's just great to, to think about it, it reminds me about it, and I teach a lot in my classes about the idea of making sure you understand, because I teach it by saying, imagine 10,000 people are in a stadium, and they all stand up and flip a coin, and then they, you put them on both sides, heads on one side, tails on the other, and then you ask them to flip again, and say if you flipped not consecutively, in other words, you flipped heads first time and then tails the next, sit down. But if you flipped consecutively heads and consecutively tails, stay standing. If you do that in a stadium 10 times in a row, you'll end up with 10 people that flipped heads 10 times and 10 people that flipped tails 10 times. And that's just you know very easy to understand for most people. But if you try to translate that into real life, they're like, no, no, no. There's many other factors that I'm controlling because of many different things. But my argument- I'm a really good coin flipper. Exactly, I did it with 1,600 people in a presentation I did in the Philippines. And I literally had them flip, and asked them at the end, like, how? And one of them said, you know, I prayed, I rubbed the coin, you know, it literally happened. So, you know, it's a great reminder that randomness, you know, you can't always determine what it is underlying, but I think you can say that it, it is underlying. So great great point about randomness and I think that's that kind of leads into what what I got from your story the first one is the importance of understanding the role of randomness in life and you've reminded us all about that and the other thing that you talked about is you talked about home country bias and maybe there may already be this bias but if not I've made it up here it is familiarity bias it's probably already there but the idea of investing what you're familiar with and You know, you mentioned Peter Lynch. I've got his books here. I remember coming out in 1988, and these were just, I mean, they were the best business books or investing books that were out there at the time. Very exciting. And he definitely talked a lot about investing in what you know. But the thing that I talk about in some of my courses, particularly for beginners, is you think you're being safe by putting your money in the bank or maybe in bonds. And therefore you say, I'm safe. But there's a hidden risk that most people won't talk about. And that's shortfall risk. That you're going to need $3 million in cash to retire at age 60 or whatever that number is. And if you put your money into bonds, you're going to feel like you've reduced your risk. But in fact, you've increased it on the other end through shortfall risk. So you've, right. rem- you've reminded me of those things. That that, that's what I take away. Anything else you'd add? Well,
0: and I'd say familiarity expanded slightly includes recency we jump on what we've just seen and we latch a hold of to what's available you know if you if you mention something you have primed the pump and someone is going to respond with what you mentioned
1: way more often you know before we go to the next part i would just remember a story of my uncle ham and uncle ham retired from the military as a lieutenant colonel he lives down in florida with my mother's sister but he reminded me, he told me a story many years ago when he was in Germany, he was handling logistics on this big military base. He said the commanding officer came to see him and they had spent a week preparing this base for this huge visit of the big, big general. And he went through the whole facility and he sat, at the end they got to the parking lot and you could picture hundreds of Jeeps and trucks and all of these things lined up in a row and they were standing right there. And he said, how was it, sir? And he said, it was fantastic. Everything was great, but I have one request, Ham. Next time I come, can you line the trucks up straight? My uncle Ham was like, huh? And he said, look at the front of these trucks. They're jagged, you know, they're not lined up straight. And so Ham took him to the back and he he said, so sir, do you want them lined up in the front or in the back? (laughs) And the point is, is that, you know, Everything's a balance, you know, you can't have it all and you know I think that that just reminds me that when it comes to investing and life, you know You think you're safe by doing X, but there's a balance that you're causing some other thing to go out of whack And I've learned that lesson. So yeah (laughs) So now based on what you've learned from this story and what you continue to learn what one action would you recommend our listeners take to avoid suffering the same fate?
0: What one action there, there are several actions that fit, but if there's, if there's one action, I would say, don't be overconfident. We all tend to over to be on the one hand overconfident on the other hand, be loss averse. Right. And that sounds contradictory, but, but I think they're both true. No one succeeded in a small business without overcoming long odds. So optimism bias is necessary. Nobody achieves something great without trying something great. And if we all played the odds, we probably wouldn't try something great. So it's important. But by golly, be aware that we're never as good as we think we are. And that that also relates to luck. Because we always want to think it's because we're great, not because either someone else was great or that we were lucky. Uh, and the flip side is we're also going to be going to be loss averse. Yeah. One of the things I I'm getting older now, and so I'm you know I have grandchildren, and I and I think in terms of how I want to be remembered, and I don't think very many people fear that they'll be remembered for taking risks they shouldn't have assuming you know they didn't go skydiving and kill themselves or something like that Mm. but in the usual course trying something is not something we typically regret and so if i would so if you say one thing it's two sides of the same coin be careful of Being too optimistic and be careful of being too loss averse
1: got it It reminds me of something. I always say I've taught finance now for nearly 30 years and when I first started teaching finance It was all by the book. I Just didn't know that much but as I grew and I learned more and I was an analyst and I improved myself My courses got better and better and now I think that they're really great but one of the things I always say to my students is that if you leave my course Less confident than when you arrived, I have been successful. That's, that's great advice. <laughs> so watch that overconfidence bias. Okay, last question. What's your number one goal for the next 12 months? To be a better person. Beautiful. Just beautiful. All right, listeners, there you have it. Another story of loss to keep you winning. To find more stories like this, previous episodes, and resources to help you reduce your risk, visit myworstinvestmentever.com. As we end, Bob, I want to thank you again for coming on the show. I know it's painful talking about our losers, but our listeners are learning to win as a result. Do you have any parting words for the audience? Thank you for listening. I appreciate the
0: opportunity. Thank you, Andrew.
1: Great to have you. All right, fantastic. Well, that's a wrap on another great story to help us create, grow, and most importantly, protect our well, fellow risk takers. I'll see you on the upside.